0: Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. Well, I'm still in New York, and I'm actually in the Betches studio. It's so saucy. I wish you guys could see it. The lights are up. I feel real, real fabulous and famous. I'm well lit, too. And today's episode is one that I'm like, I thought I was a sustainable person, but like after listening and hearing from our expert, I'm like... (sighs) woo i am not so so everyone just lock and load if you're if you think you are a sustainable person you are going to hear that we might not be so I think sustainability for weddings is huge and it's not something we really think about. But at the end of the night, there's so much that we trash and there's so much that your guests trash and welcome bags. We're always shipping things and we're ordering things from Amazon and let's just pick up this last minute thing. There's so many things that we do not take into account, become waste over this one day. So today's episode, we're going to talk through that. By the time you listen to this episode, I will be back in L.A. I cannot wait to get back to my soft life. I took the train here today and this guy was sitting next to me while eating a sandwich. And I was like, can I not be a part of your lunchtime experience? Like, can, can I have two feet? So I very much miss... Thinking about the playlist, I'm about to play in my car because I got some fire playlists and I still use Tidal because the audio sounds the best and I crank it up real loud. I crank up my music so loud in my car, my phone has to tell me that I'm about to go deaf. Like my Apple Watch is like, hey, sis, like, do you know how loud this is? And I'm like, yes, watch, because I'm a boss. I know how loud my issue. Thank you. OK, I'll stop there. But anyway, let's get into this episode while I think about the playlist. I'm going to play on my car when I get back to L.A. Love you all. Hey, Aubrey. Hello, Fallon. How are you?
1: I'm doing so fabulous. How are you?
0: You know, I'm I'm cooling. I'm okay. I'm living. It's wedding season, so we're always like, ah! (laughs) Like the fire's in the back, and you're like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, But you're planning your own shindig. Tell me, when's your wedding?
1: We are getting married April 28th of
0: 2024. you've, You've got a little bit of time, but you're in your year mark. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling really smooth. Everyone keeps asking me how stressed I am. And I'm like, should I be stressed?
0: No, no, you shouldn't be. If you're doing it right, you shouldn't be. Great, that's good <laughs> to yeah. It's like, don't make more problems than there are that are necessary. Aubrey, tell me about your partner.
1: Uh, so my partner's name is Ryan. We, one of the lucky people that found success on an online dating site.
0: Mm. Which one? How about the other people that are listening? Okay,
1: (laughs) Hinge, yeah, yeah. Of all of the dating apps, that was always my favorite, and yeah, so really excited to say that that's a success story. That designed that app to be deleted. Um, So we've been together for probably about a year and a half now, living out in Littleton, Colorado, so just outside Denver area. Love.
0: Very cool. And you're expecting how many guests?
1: Our invite list is currently 130, um, but most of our guests will be coming from out of town or from the East Coast originally. So anticipate that final headcount being much less.
0: Love. All right, cool. And where are you in your planning process? What have you done so far?
1: We have almost all of our major vendors booked, venue, hair and makeup, photographer, videographer, we are currently in the process of vetting some florists as well as any other decor rentals for day of.
0: Okay, cool. And what was the intention behind having this wedding?
1: Um, I think it was really, I was someone actually that wanted to elope. But it was very (laughs) important to my fiance, Ryan, who has always been a groomsman, never a groom. I think it was his time to have a big wedding. So many of our family and friends have never been out to Colorado. And this is the place where we met and fell in love and um, is a place we want to call home for a while. And so I think having the ability to show off where we live and why we love it so much and get to gather all of our families together in one place just seemed like a no-brainer.
0: All right, cool. I like that. Littleton is—it's a special place. I think Colorado. I love, especially in the springtime. It's going to be really beautiful. I mean, it could still be snowing, which is weird, but ultimately you're going to aim on the sunshine. But it'll be—it'll be really beautiful. Um, So I'm excited to see what this looks like. And do you guys have any other events that you're thinking of planning for this weekend? Bringing folks out. What are you guys going to do?
1: So our wedding will be in the morning. Uh, ceremonial kickoff around 10, 30 So non-traditional, uh, more brunch style. Okay. Um, and so we're planning a after party at one of our favorite bars down the street in the evening time. So give folks a few hours to just kind of recoup and okay. then keep the party going.
0: That's definitely like a British wedding, which I kind of love. I have a I haven't I've only done one and now I'm like, I would love to do more of them. Where you get married kind of first thing in the morning, you have a little luncheon then you take a break, everyone goes home, they put on tails, they put on like, some super fabulous attire. And then you come out and you actually just party all night long. Like, the the reception is just the reception. There's no cock, it's cocktail style food, you don't even have to sit down for dinner, because you already had lunch, you're just coming to throw down. Are you guys doing something similar to that?
1: <laughs> a, a little bit. I don't anticipate most of our guests being the people that would want to shred it up on the dance floor. So I think it was Copy. easy for us to, especially from a cost perspective, do the brunch wedding. And then the bar that we'll be at is more of a more of a brewery style spot. Mm-hmm. So I don't anticipate there being a huge dance floor, but more of a Fellowship. more of just like a social hour. Yeah. Yeah. Time okay. to, taking some good food and some good local Colorado beers.
0: Was cost the intention behind having the ceremony uh, in the morning?
1: Yeah, I think it mostly cost. Um, okay. And then the more that we've looked into it, we're huge fans of breakfast foods. If we, I who mean, isn't, and being <laughs> able to like- have mimosas. for So I think it was something that once once we decided on this venue and we found that the the best cost-effective option for us was brunch. We were like, oh yeah, this Sign actually fits yeah. us better mm-hmm. than we thought it would.
0: Yeah. As someone who goes to bed at 9.30, I would love to come to your wedding because I'm usually up at like four thirty, five o'clock, gives me enough time to get my life together, come to your wedding, eat breakfast food, which is kind of the best food, agreed, have some mimosas, get daytime drunk, um, go home, take a little disco nap, and then c- go at it again. I am. I, I don't know why more people aren't doing this. Well, I (laughs) I mean, okay. well, let's talk about some of the pros and the cons of a morning wedding. Um, What are what's so you signed up on? You're like, this is great. And then you realize, oh, wait, my wedding party is going to have to get ready early in the morning. Talk to me about this wedding party and what you've got going on there.
1: Yes. So I have. Three bridesmaids. Um, and good for you. Yes,
0: which good for you.
1: <laughs> I, also, I was. I I know you're not a huge fan of the big bridal parties. Five or nor, less. Nor, <laughs> no yeah, nor am I. Um, and so I think between the three of us, plus mother of bride, mother of groom, like, how is there going to be six of us doing hair and makeup to be ready by like maybe eight thirty to Whoop. do photos? So it yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm currently in the process of. Getting some quotes from hair and makeup artists, most of them have suggested having an additional stylist Mm -hmm. on set. Just have three, two or three people moving at a time at the same time.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And even even if you're not doing an early morning wedding, if you have just a lot of wedding party members, have I always suggest having two hairstylists and two makeup artists, and each of them need to have an associate that helps like clean up after them or prep things when you're thinking of like 7 plus wedding party size just to keep things going um and I think I say this all the time the hair and makeup will be the one thing that will slow down your day like if there's one thing that will ruin it it's the hair and makeup so make sure you get that schedule super duper tight and you're really talking with that hair and makeup pro to be like so when do you need to actually be here because even if, they, if they're if they like, we need to start at 8.45, well, that means they need to get there at 8 to open up their stuff and to put the brushes out and do the thing and also make sure that you're really talking to them about what do they need. Because sometimes they're like, oh, I thought there were going to be chairs and oh, I thought there was going to be natural light. So make sure they're bringing a light, they're bringing their own chairs or you're ordering that stuff from Amazon or wherever you're trying to get it from. Um, make sure you're really having robust conversations about where they're setting it all up so that they, th- they can walk in. They know exactly what they're doing. They can set out everything and they got all their stuff. They got the extension cord to plug in the little ring light so they can take all their pictures, all that stuff.
1: Um, I think one other sacrifice with having a morning wedding is some of those um, first looks between bride and mm. groom, um, bride and dad, um, bridesmaids. There's a lot of those photos that I think we'll have to forego or find ways to condense Yeah, Um, in order to, again, have everyone up at a reasonable hour at the (laughs) venue and and then accounting for some of that time, extra time with hair and makeup. We're about Mm -hmm. 10 minutes from the venue from where we'll be getting ready, but um, trying to factor all of that in there and give plenty buffer time.
0: Love. And I think that just comes with organizing that shot list and talking with your photographer and saying, like, I never want you to feel like you have to give up something because you're having the morning wedding Just say, you know, whoever your photo and video pros are saying, hey, this is what my intention is, and this is what I'd love to capture. I want, you know, the bridal party shot. I want the dad seeing me. I want a little couple moment. How do we do that and and talk to them about what's the best way to go about doing that? Because generally it's just if you got everyone there, you can pretty much stage everything you need to within a 30, maybe 45 max window. Um, okay. But it's really just having everyone like ready to go and even when you're when you're doing weddings where you're traveling sometimes that means you know you're fake putting on the dress and then taking it off and then going to the venue cuz i know i know we've already spoke your venue is the manor house right yep yeah so we did a wedding there and we basically did getting ready portraits at the hotel transferred bride to the hotel, to the manor house and she actually put her dress on again at the venue so it was really we kind of staged those shots and you can figure out even which has the better backdrop, especially if you have access to an on-site getting ready. Um, Sometimes we suggest just do all the pictures there and have the ladies like fake put on their bathrobes over their dresses and then just capture like, you know, waist up kind of deal. So just talk about ways you can stage, ways you can use both locations. And it's really just timing, but you can, I think you can get it all. Don't settle that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's encouraging.
0: Yeah. Um, always talk to your vendor. Tell them exactly what you want, and say, "How can we make this happen?" And don't sacrifice until you've gotten until you've gotten a no from them. And then you're like, "All right, okay, we we won't do the firework shot now. We'll wait, and then, and then you can move along." You guys have got a great venue. What else do you think you had to kind of came up as you're like, wow, this, a morning time wedding? We didn't really think this all the way through. Other than the portraits and the special moments, what else has kind of put a little pin in your original game plan?
1: I think the overall time that we'll have access to the venue is less. Mm. Um, I, I anticipate they'll plan to book an evening um, wedding at the yep. same venue as well. And so we have a, a hard out, the reception's over by two. And so that I think our overall time that we'll be having, getting to celebrate with our folks is around like six hours. And I know some weddings will can be like eight or more hours, especially if you're transitioning between different venues. And so recognizing that we are kind of shortening some of that time that we'll get to spend with during the actual wedding piece. Yeah. Um, which is why it was important to us to do that after party just to kind of keep
0: mm, the party
1: going, especially if there's people traveling from out of town.
0: Yeah. Like I want to keep the party going with y'all. What's the load in time in comparison to when you're actually starting your ceremony?
1: Uh, so the venue becomes available to us at 7am. Okay. Um, and so I think we're planning for maybe a 10, 1030 ceremony time. Okay. Um, so then that'll, Allow us a little So you'll time.
0: do ten o'clock invite, ten thirty start your ceremony, end your ceremony at eleven, and then from eleven to twelve you've got your cock- cocktail hour, <laughs> just mimosas all, all on deck, and then you've got twelve to two. So that's that is that uh, that's that's quick. I see. Okay because generally a a formal reception is about four hours and people sometimes extend it to five if they're feeling really saucy. Okay, so I see where you're up against. Then is there a world in which your invite time can be 9.45? So that way you can start smack dab at 10 and maybe shorten your cocktail hour just a hair on the front end so you get at least two and a half hours to eat. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: what I was thinking too. Yeah, something I'll need to touch base with photographer, is about is about like what is, you know, for me it wasn't necessarily important for us to do all of the stage portrait shots mm. but also when you have everyone together it's a great opportunity to try to get in as many photos with people yeah. as possible so how do we fit all of that in and also grab some snacks for ourselves while yeah. we're um, and then transition to the venue. I think there's also the, the hope is the, the ceremony itself will be outside but if it is... Snowing, we will have to have to turn over that same space from the ceremony to reception space, and so not sure which will
0: eat up some time of yours. Yeah, but you can do your cocktail hour. They have a like like a foyer area, living room space, and the bar is on the other side of the room, so you'll have some space to at least people can get out of it to to allow you to flip. But I think your biggest solve there is really trying to front load that hair and makeup and having your hair and makeup team really be super solid. So that way you can get out the door a little bit, head to the manor house and have every like all your family that needs to be there for family portraits. You should definitely front load all of your portraits prior to ceremony. So that way you just you're really just smooth sailing. You're able to because this is one instance where you don't want to miss any moment to take pictures. Essentially, you want to you got to do it all the way in the beginning. So that way you can enjoy the ceremony, go right into that cocktail hour and see everyone and then do your, um, cause you're only doing a two hour, uh, two and a half hour reception. Are you doing dances and formalities and all that stuff in there too? Um,
1: I think we'll do a few speeches and maybe a first dance. Um, but I don't what's this maybe,
0: we'll... what is a maybe a first dance? <laughs> Talk to me about why um, is it a maybe? <laughs> I,
1: um, well, it, I think it's something that we'd both like to do, um, for sure. Yeah. So, not, not a maybe. <laughs>
0: Okay, cool. I was like, what do you mean? No, I, and the the reason I asked that I just had a couple who was like, we're not sure if we really want to do a first dance. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Hmm? What? I don't understand. And I, and I guess I'm like a modern traditionalist where I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'll, I'm all about get rid of the bouquet toss. If you don't want to cut the cake, sure. But the first dance to me, I'm like, wait, no, like, do you know how many COVID couples wish they could have a first dance? That's true.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're, I'm on the same page with you with doing you no know, bouquet toss or garter toss. I don't oh. know if this is controversial, but
0: um, can't stand I don't. a garter toss. Like it's to me, it's the, it has to be by far one of the one of the most inappropriate things I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know. But you know, that's just my opinion. Choose yeah, your adventure. We're
1: <laughs> also not huge fans of the bridal party entrances where they have Hate the those. Party. Okay. Can't stand it. Yeah, it's going to get a lot of crap for that. But it is just, it just seems a little
0: tacky. Maybe are not you? the
1: right energy for a morning reception. Nope. We,
0: we do not need to play a special song for each of these people that have done absolutely nothing to get us here. Do, to the, this day. You do the
1: football throw <laughs> with the bouquet. No, nope. at
0: all. No, no, no. Go in, sit down, eat your food. And yes, I love a, t- I love a good toast. And I would say work with your people because this is, we got to get this. You got short amount of time, so you got to get it right. Don't just invite any old body to speak. If you want any old body to speak, have them speak at the rehearsal dinner where we haven't paid for photo and video generally. For anyone speaking at the wedding, like, they should know what they're doing up there. Give them some time, get, like, because that's part of the entertainment. And I think a great toast, it's kind of like watching a great stand-up show or like stand-up comedy or going to theater. Like, when you have a great person that knows how to speak can, and can manage a room and give a great Few jokes, man. It really does live in the mood. So no pressure on the people that you have speaking at your wedding, but let them be. Uh, better be good. They're, they better be game changers. <laughs> Otherwise, we're putting you at the rehearsal, bro. <laughs> so
1: Oscar winning performances only.
0: I mean, like if we're gonna do this, do this. But yeah, I was like, can I see your speech ahead of time? It has to be slightly funny. Generally, when we're doing toasts and speeches, I, I ask the couple. Who is the funnier out of the ones that you're doing? I always open with the one that's going to cry and be sappy and be like, oh, my God, I remember when we were in college together. I want the funny one to close the show because that's the one people are really going to remember. Like, let's let's bring it home. Let's do a funny, inappropriate, slightly inappropriate joke, but not that inappropriate, but, like, really do it well. So that's, that's just pro tip on toast. Make sure they know Love what that. they're doing. <laughs> Don't want to be winging anything. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, I got this, I got this. No, 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 no. And they can't have too many shots of tequila or I'm, I'm having them sit down. So, <laughs> so. but also the fact that you said they're not a huge dancing crowd, I think this is actually perfect. How are you formatting the brunch service? What is that experience like?
1: It will be buffet style. Cool. Um beyond that, I'm not quite sure how the that run of show will look. I know usually that'll like a lot more time for folks to do the buffet pass through um, so trying to figure out timing as far as when speeches should begin or hmm. other other parts and uh, yeah I could all see right. that it two hours seems very quick but also if we
0: don't Nothing's have things happening all
1: dancing I could see that also Um
0: Feeling we're planning lawn. to
1: have some like lawn <laughs> games and things like that maybe like a custom, couples, word search or crossword, something like that where people could interact and play games okay. if they're not going to be dancing.
0: All right. I like that. And I think timeline wise, going, walking in and just kind of everyone, you softly walk in or you're formally announced and identify how you want to be announced. Sometimes, sometimes that trips people up. Like, I didn't think about what I want to be called, especially if you're not taking last names and this, that, and the third. So identify exactly how you want to be formally introduced for that first time and make sure your are DJ. Um, you're having a DJ, right? You're not doing like a playlist or anything? No, we'll have a DJ. Love. Ca- copy. So have them <laughs> formally introduce you. Everyone clap, clap, claps. And then I would say go in and find your seat and have someone give a toast. So that way there's some anticipation understanding a dance is coming at a later date. If you've choreographed a dance, I would say start with the choreographed dance. So that way you're not thinking about it. If you guys are nervous people, start with the first dance so you can get it out of the way and you actually enjoy yourself because you'll be holding your breath the entire dinner. If you don't, if you're nervous people, always dance on the front end, get it out of the way and then do what you want to do. But walk in. If you're not that nervous, have a seat, have someone give up, stand up and do a welcome. And this is where everyone should kind of raise their glass to the both of you. They clap it out. And then once they find their seats, the DJ can put up just a general song. And then this is when everyone's invited to enjoy the buffet. Give them maybe 25 minutes or so to get themselves situated. And my and my job as a wedding planner is I watch the room and I work with your person who's the captain. And once I see everyone has food around them and in front of them, this is when we would run your first toast. So this is when you'd have someone get up and say a couple of words And then you could transfer into another toast and especially it's a buffet. So it's not like people are having multiple courses. You can let people do one more walk around, but I would say let the lunch maybe last about 45 minutes, give or take to an hour. And then you can get up and do your first dance. And then you can, I I would say if you wanted to then put the crosswords down, you can, but I think just having people walk around and mingle feels good. I just, I'm not, I'm also not a game person. I was like, I don't, I don't like to sit down either. I'm always, I want to be up and moving and like talking to someone over there and going over there. But it's like after the first dance, maybe cut the cake, do that whole thing and then walk around the room and just mingle with everyone.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: This is this, are you guys cutting a cake? Are you doing a cake? Um, That's something we're also undecided about. Mm.
1: How many people want, people Can't want cake I'm at good. like noon
0: pancakes and like waffles and sausage
1: yeah well and, like, maybe we're thinking maybe some donuts mm, we steal like away that.
0: from like the donut
1: wall but do some kind of like tiered donut display True. not sure if we'd want a cake on top to do an official cake cutting or something mm-hmm. like that so we're we're undecided with that yeah
0: that i don't care about choose your adventure you don't have to do anything you want don't want to do um i would say lean into something that people might know you for um especially since you have a little free time, use this as a time for people to, I like the engaging in an activity that causes them to get up out of their seats and walk around a bit. I think the lawn games might be interesting because it will pull people out of the room and you kind of want them to stay in the same space, even though they're not like dancing, dancing. You might get some people who want to do a little two-step, like, you know, or or sway or something. Or are these people who are like, we all hate dancing, we want to sit down.
1: No, no, I don't think okay. this is like a like a footloose situation, or we don't have a Copy. bunch of dancing people at work. I, I just don't see people shredding it up late into the night,
0: type of folks. But would they like slow dance, or would they like do a little shoulder? Oh, for sure. They would yeah. give a shoulder. I would. I give shoulders starting at like cocktail hour. I'm always ready to dance. I dance at the grocery store. So there's that. That's all. I was like, what do you mean they're not dancing? I, I would be on your dance floor cutting the rug for everyone else. But anyway.
1: That's what you need. Everybody needs like a few people to just kind of get the dance floor warmed up before other people feel comfortable joining. I think I have some of those friends. that
0: Well, that's what your wedding party is supposed to do. That is literally their job. They are morale boosters. Like they need to be the ones entering people to the dance floor. I think you guys should have some type of something. And I recently saw something on, I don't know if it was Instagram or TikTok, but it was a woman uh, or a couple gave their first dance. They invited all COVID couples to come out and do a first dance if they didn't get to do a first dance. So this could also be a time to maybe acknowledge some people in the room that really mean something to you. Generally after a cake cutting, and maybe if you don't decide not to do one, at least do a toast because like you said, there's so many people that came from the East Coast to this wedding. This is their first time experiencing Denver probably or Colorado. So I would say show them some love and maybe highlight, you know, some people who've gone through something or if you want to, you know, show some love to more mature couples that have been together for ages. It's like you can use some t- this kind of open window to just show love to the room because I think real intention behind a wedding is building community. And it's like you want to highlight that community that's in the room if, if you can, but if not, no pressure. Um, so.
1: Yeah, I love that. Family is something that's really important to both of us. And so I think finding a way to highlight all of the married or unmarried people that are important to us at some point in the reception would be great.
0: Yeah. And thinking of community, you've got some stuff on your to-do list. Are you helping pull in family by saying, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you that?
1: That is something that I struggle with. <laughs> um, so I think that'll be something I'll be tapping into my fiance to help be like, this is unreasonable what you're doing right now, Aubrey. Here, I know there are people that would be happy to help. Let's delegate. Um, and so haven't started walking through that kind of, especially
0: like day of leading up to task lists mm-hmm. yet, but
1: um, definitely okay. trying to do some delegating.
0: So what's holding you back on the delegating?
1: Um, I think one is just asking people, other people for help. Um, But also Mm. I think I'm the, if you want something done right, you can do it yourself Mm. Um, attitude as well. So I think delegating and trusting things that will get done is also makes me a little Mm. nervous.
0: Okay. Well, you've got a lot of time. And I think as a business owner, I I feel you. I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. This employee doesn't know how to do it right. By the time I have to explain it, da, da, da. But then you will keep yourself stressed out, and you will keep yourself from actually getting things done. And sometimes they don't have to be done at 100%, 85% will do. So I think it's identifying in a perfect world, if like, if it all got done, like, okay, I guess what I'm trying to say is make the list of the things that are absolutely necessary to be done at 100%. And for a wedding, it's usually not all of them. And identify the things that you're okay with. If they came back slightly less than okay, would you be okay? Those are the ones that you delegate out. That's helpful. Yeah. And then give deadlines. I think it's clear about one of the reasons you become disappointed is you're not making it clear what your expectation is on the other end. And you're not making it clear by when you want it done by. And I think there's a world in which you also identify a date of when you do a check-in on the progress of something so you can see how it's going to make sure it's going in the right direction. But if you're really clear on the front end of like, I want it to look like this, if you can get it to look sort of like this with this budget and I can get it done by this, it is your task. I love you. Godspeed.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Find those reliable friends in your life (laughs) that will come through. Yeah.
0: Because sometimes they go above and beyond and they do it better or they do it different. And I think for people like us, it's like we're not open to it being different, even though sometimes it might be better because we're like we have it so in our heads. But letting someone take their eye and take their experience level and giving it a shot, they might surprise you and they might wow you. So give give your family the opportunity to really show up for you, um, which I also am guilty of that I don't always do. Um, But I think you need it and you need some space to live your life because this wedding should not be your life. Cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's just one day. It's just one day. And in your case, like four hours. (laughs) So (laughs) so, being in Denver or being in Colorado, you got to watch how you are with the environment. Talk to me about some of your concerns with that.
1: Yeah, I think sustainability and... Limiting waste from this event was always something that was really important to me. I work in the environmental field. Mm. Colorado as a whole is also just much more environmentally conscious of an area because you have incredible outdoor spaces to enjoy. You just It's just more top of mind. Um, and so I think thinking about budget as well as the amount of just mm. general things people buy for weddings, printing programs, and... Yeah menus like so much potential paper waste um, as well as flowers Um, hear a lot of whispers about just the general floral industry especially if you're buying things aren't local or out of season Mm. Um, so just trying to be mindful about how many things we're buying that will be one-time use um, as well as things that like flowers that won't last much longer than a day or two
0: well, I think we have an expert that can cover all of your sustainability questions. As much as I love to be a sustainable pro, I will say I could also learn some things. But being having a sustainable wedding is generally more expensive. And I'd love to figure out some ways in which we can be sustainable and mindful and maybe just sacrifice a few of the decor details that we would normally have. So let's bring on our expert and see see what she thinks. That sounds great. <laughs> what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now it's time to ask our expert. Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. On this episode, we have on Joanne Moore. Along with being a wedding planner for over 30 years, Joanne is a certified green wedding planner and will help Aubrey add some sustainability to her wedding. Hi, Joanne. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you on. I'm excited to learn a few more things as well. Aubrey here is having a, well, destination wedding for her guests, but a a wedding in Colorado. So we want to preserve the nature that surrounds the couple. But Aubrey, talk to us a little bit more about what your plans are right now on the design decor front.
1: So we are getting married at the Manor House in Littleton, Colorado. The venue itself is gorgeous, gorgeous, historic home, beautiful views of downtown Denver and the mountains. And so I think we feel lucky in that regard that the venue does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms Mm. there's not a lot of additional things that you really would need to add but we were looking, it's brunch time, spring wedding, looking to do some bright citrusy colors, like lemons, oranges, pinks. Um, and so a little stuck on how to do that, thinking about um, being conservative with florals, especially maybe looking for things that are more in season, local, and without also doing a lot uh, in paper goods that would also be one-time use. So how do can you kind of Pack a little bit of a punch with some bright colors without buying a lot of single use items to make that happen.
2: Well, well done that you have your venue, and it is a stunning venue. With everything that you want about Colorado, your guests probably, I'm guessing, are coming from both sides of the country. And so Colorado is kind of center for them. And that's half of the battle. Traveling everyone halfway around the world is a little challenging and a big carbon footprint. But with the colors that you're talking about so April is a little early in Colorado for the flowers to be coming locally. So you are going to be bringing them in and working with florists that have the best contacts that they know what per perhaps it's coming from California and what greenhouses are available in California that will have them for you. It's when they come out of the country, when they're coming from, you know, South America and things like that, that's a bigger hit on the carbon footprint because of the travel. So, working with your florist and knowing where they're coming from, you can also get a big punch for less flowers and doing a little bit more greenery. Just go hard with the bright colors and do more greenery that fills it in. And that's less expensive as well. And then um, finally, with that, I would say, make sure you have a plan for what you're going to do with them afterwards. Are you going to draw your bouquet, for example, make sure your planner knows that are the um, flowers going to be donated, there are plenty of places that especially in April around, you know, Easter and, and early spring, and I love weddings in the spring. That just mm-hmm. means a new beginning. When you do an April wedding, it means we're starting from a beginning and it's all fresh and new. And that's, what's exciting, but have a, a plan for where those flowers are going afterwards, hopefully not into the dumpster outside, <laughs> but have your guests take them home, you know, make sure that the vases that they're coming in, if they're rentals that your florist is coming back to get them, but perhaps providing you with something that you can put those flowers in and take. Or have your guests take or local senior centers, um, hospitals because of COVID, we're still not seeing that they're accepting a lot of donations for those, but just have a plan for where they're going afterwards. But well done. Love the colors. <laughs> okay.
0: So, in jumping in there, I think what we do is we get butcher's paper. So that way, at the end of the night, or in your case, the end of your brunch, <laughs> we just walk around and collect all the florals, wrap them in little bouquets, and give them to the guests. So that way, sometimes you just don't have the legwork to go and run them someplace. So just try and really focus on making sure they go to a home of someone that's there, but also understanding your guests or destination. Maybe it is working with a local floral designer to see, you know, what can she do, especially if you're doing greenery and, and Joanne talking about bright colors, is there a world in which you could use fruits and is that less sustainable because it's, You're cutting lemons. You're using oranges. Like, if you cut them open to make them really cool in a display, would that, they would then go into the trash afterwards? Like, is that less sustainable to use fruits? And is it more sustainable to use florals?
2: Um, a little bit of both fruits. Be, if they're not being eaten, that is less sustainable because they are going in the trash. But they are um, compostable, mm. so so we don't worry about that so much. Granted, everything in the trash does produce some gases and greenhouse Happy. gases and things. But yes, using fruit is a wonderful way to incorporate colors, and it's actually on trend right now. I'm seeing a lot of I love of using my fruit. Couples. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it is. It does remind you of Mother Nature and her best works. So absolutely. But, um, but yeah, it's using fruit. And then if, if you're also, you know, having it sitting out on the tables and stuff, that's also a lovely gift, little baskets at the end to give fruit, as long as it's not damaged and have holes in it, you don't want to give something that's going to go bad overnight.
1: That's helpful. One of the things we were thinking in place of traditional escort cards was those little mini cuties, nectarines, Mm-hmm. that we would put names and seating numbers on. So it would be something that would sit in front of them at their table, but also it would be something hopefully they could eat or take with them for the plane ride back um, it wouldn't go to waste.
2: Yeah. And some States won't let you do that. I know California um, you have to go through certain security things with the fruit that you bring in because it is a, a crop friendly or crop intense Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to be careful what we're allowed to bring in and out. I know I have a house outside of Tahoe on the Nevada side. And when I go to California, they do check my coolers and things to make sure I'm not bringing anything in. So just be careful of that. But for the most part, yes, having fruit for their hotel room at the end of the night. I call those sweet dreams, those and any kind of dessert afterwards. Sweet dreams. Take it with you and enjoy it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So how can weddings be a bit more sustainable as she's thinking through things? What are the touch points in which you should be thinking about? And is maybe planting trees on the other side of things a way to counterbalance it? Or, you know, because you're going to have some waste, How do you mitigate it? And do you prepare for how you're going to replant it on the other side?
2: Oh, I love that thought. Well done. Uh, First of all, the biggest contributor to Carbon Footprint in a wedding is transportation so whether they're driving they're flying there's going to be a hit in the carbon output so with that think about providing shuttles for perhaps there are different shuttle companies especially at a dia if your guests are flying into dia it it discourage driving, everybody renting cars and driving where they don't know where they're going. A lot of shuttle companies will take you to your hotel and then pick you up and take you back to the airport. And that's wonderful. If they are going to rent, suggest hybrids or EVs. So look into what companies are available, especially in Denver, because there are some. Denver is wonderful with jumping on the sustainability wagon. So so there'll be some options. And anything you can do if your budget allows to provide... By transportation to and from. That's the number one thing with um, cutting back. With regards to, I'm sorry, remind me of the other
0: question you asked. Um, planning tree, like, is it a thing to plant trees or is that like, eh, not really?
2: (laughs) No, actually a lot of companies, I work with a Savannah bee company, for example, and for the gift at the end, we call those favors, the gift at the end, you can get honey jars. And we, we put little tags on how sweet of you to attend our wedding and Savannah honey gives back a dollar per jar. To save the the bees, the bumblebees, the honeybees, to make more honey, because we are, you know, ruining all these wonderful resources because of the air pollution and the and the pollutants we're putting out there. Another one is the Arbor Day Foundation. They sell little seedlings of trees. And when I did this for a wedding, we actually had them in these little tubes that went on every place setting. People were asking, you're not taking that, right? Can I have that? And they all wanted to take them and plant those. So yes, donations to various organizations that give back, especially to the economy. And then on another note, you know, if you have something that's personal to you, I had a bride who was, um, we were planning her wedding for two and a half years while she underwent breast cancer. And mm-hmm. so the Susan Coleman Foundation was working with her and um, filming her her uh, journey to getting married two and a half years later, and she was cancer-free then. And so in lieu of a gift they gave to that foundation. So giving back is is huge. And I do mm-hmm. endorse it and, and encourage all of the couples, if they can, if their budget will allow, mm-hmm. or encourage their guests in lieu of certain gifts, would you donate to this organization near and dear to us
0: yeah cuz i know a lot of people are always like what can we do how can we help and get like i think doing that would be a offering the registry to be a charity is a great way and you know doing what you can to offset understanding everyone's flying in it's like hey plant a tree on the other end we love you so and then i think i think that's a that's a good call so Understanding transportation's the, your biggest one. When it comes to decor, and I know even like when we're doing destination weddings in Anguilla or other remote islands, I'm like, we don't want to do all these Amazon drop shipments to get all the welcome bag stuff. And we're really trying to be mindful of let's use as much local things as possible. Is there a world in which, you know... Aubrey is going to maybe farmers markets and to create welcome bags or leaning into more local floral designers to get that greenery. I know we just rented trees for a Vermont wedding that we used as decor and then they went back to their home. What are some other ways in which the decor element and maybe that welcome bag element can be supplied without it being such a major footprint?
2: Oh, I love where you're going. Yes. Um, using local as much as possible. I use the, the term, the four R's, if you're familiar, recycle, reuse, refurbish, reimagine. And with that, I do shop a lot of local thrift shops and vintage stores and encourage my couples to do the same. Um, pictures to put flowers in. Unique and different. The, the, Cookie cutter tables is is not always right for everyone, and the creativeness and, and the sustainability of tables that are different and visually beautiful. A couple that uh, the bride was a literature major, and we had vintage books. Her vintage books on all the tables, and named each table with a love story, a, lo- a book of about some romantic adventure. Um, that those were the table names, but. Shop locally as much as possible. What can you rent that will be returned? What can you provide that you can give away at the end? Um, Cake plateaus is a great one when all of the um, aunts were assigned a, a certain plate cake plateau that the bride bought for her wedding, but then they got it as a gift at the end. So, because she had different desserts. So think about, you know, where's it going afterwards? Where can I get it locally? That's the first thing. Rent it, borrow it. I, I don't say steal it anymore because I had to <laughs> do that once. Oh, that looks good out of the the neighbor's garden. No, don't do that. But, you know, reuse, recycle, refurbish, you know, a beautiful old window pane that had four dividers into it with this it was just stunning. And I took it to a calligrapher and she wrote the table na- the table name or number, and all the guests at each table. It was just stunning hanging over the fireplace with the guest assignment. And that also cut down on the paper products using paper. Think about when you go to weddings, what are the things you leave behind? The wedding program. So cut back on those, maybe one per couple instead of one per person. The menu you read it and then you're done with it. Is there a way that, and I know it's very elegant because I do a lot of luxury weddings where we have a menu in every place setting, but perhaps putting them in little frames on the table and people can pass that around. Finding ways to cut back. If a lot of guests, I have a wedding coming up where they're doing both escort cards and place cards, assigning not just the table, but the seat as well. Perhaps just let them sit wherever they want at the table and just doing one table, you know, one place card, cutting back on those things, and when your um, person that's pr- printing all your paper products, if find out what paper they're using, are they using paper that has been recycled? And it's beautiful. Nobody knows the difference, but knowing that it is a recycled pr- paper product, I highly recommend that. And in fact, I work mostly with my stationary um, professionals that use recycled paper.
1: I love that. Yeah, it's all these little pieces of paper that can add up to a ton of waste
2: mm-hmm. and
1: money. It's it's expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true too. Um, have a few friends that are have their own small businesses. A friend that makes um, does woodworking using old skis. Um, also have a friend that makes candles using recycled containers, and so hoping to enlist them for some of the decor elements too that are all all be reused materials.
0: Yeah. You can definitely use like larger pieces to create the escort boards where people can kind of just find their names and go to their seat and you can just paint over it if you need to. But I love the idea of like thrifting and finding different vessels that might have the color that you need um, to add that brightness to your table. I think that sounds lovely. Um, and using maybe textiles that can be used again or maybe even working with your florist to see if they can source an item that you're like I really love this vase or this type of glass can you would you be interested in investing in it for our event and hopefully you can use it again Um, so that way you're not taking on so much of the purchasing of so many elements and then on the other end since your folks are destination just understanding they might not be able to take so many things home Um, and you don't want to have all those things now collecting your collected in your space and then you end up putting them to a waste so just identify the the creative partners that you are working with and like your friends and family um seeing what they can do to help you create things and create that community vibe if you're seeing an assortment of elements from people's homes that they're no longer using and you're seeing some piece of it at the wedding i think that's a beautiful um a beautiful tie back to loop it all back If you want to be sustainable and you don't really know what the first step is, what would you suggest is like, what's the first thing someone should do when they're like, I want to have a sustainable wedding? Other than transportation, is there another thing we should be considering? Plastic. Get rid Coffee. of it. Love.
2: Stop using plastic. It is the worst thing that we have in our environment, and it does not go away. Those red cups—I will not say the name—those red cups <laughs> that they use for beer pong in college, um, those stay in our in our environment, in our dumps, in our areas. They don't go away for five hundred to a thousand years. We already have microplastics in the ground, in the earth from all the plastic. When you hire a band and they say, we want four to six cases of bottled water, I say, better yet, you bring your own containers. We will keep filling those up all day for you, but no more plastic. That is the number Mm -hmm. one thing. The welcome bags that uh, you put a plastic bottle in for your guests that are out of town. And, you know, Mm. coming from Colorado, the high altitude, your guests need to drink a lot of water. A lot of
0: it. So what
2: I recommend is getting a custom-made water bottle that doubles as a gift with a wide mouth. Put your itinerary in there, put your lip balm, put your sunscreen, all those things that you would give your guests in their welcome bag and a wide mouth water bottle. Have it customized with your name and wedding date. Give those to your guests. Encourage them to drink and they carry it everywhere, I assure you they do. And get rid of plastic. That is the big hit on when I see all these plastic water bottles afterwards and then they leave them outside for your outdoor ceremony and I'm out there taking off the lids and pouring them in the gardens around and I don't need to be doing that but I do that because it is a waste it's it's just a waste of water and you know in Colorado we've had a few years of drought so conserving water and then eliminating plastic as much as possible I cannot emphasize it enough
1: I love the yeah. I love the reusable water bottle idea. I think I was in the same idea. I was like, people are not going to understand how much alcohol they are drinking equates to like two yes. glasses of, at sea level. Um, so how do we keep these people hydrated the entire weekend long? Yeah. So love the idea
0: of providing. People. When we did our wedding in Colorado, it's like I walked away and then I came back and I was like, why does that groomsman have a shirt off? What happened? I just walked. I just they have no idea that the altitude really impacts their lives that greatly. So this is this all sounds lovely and this all sounds good. But what if you're the only one that's on board? How do you communicate to your vendors that this is your plan too? understanding like, Joanne, you mentioned the band and it's like even the venue. It's like, hey, guys, how do we do that? the rental company, because I know sometimes they deliver things, everything is wrapped in plastic. How do you, what's the best step to communicate your vision and your needs? Understanding you might, there might be some pushback, but what's your, what, what do you suggest?
2: I'm loving that most of my vineyards are looking for guidance and mm. I am so happy to, to help them find a way. Here's an example, a rental company that we had all of our tables our ghost chairs for this beautiful winter wedding. And then my couple, the family, the parents rented design elements for another different from a different company, a rental company, a design company. And so I worked with the rental company about the we're bringing the tables and chairs and the linens and chair covers and all those things, and I had them work with the other company for designs to pick up those. It cost me a little more with one for delivery, but nothing from the other, and all came in one big truck mm. that was an easy conversation. This one doesn't have to go anywhere. This one's going to make a little extra money to go two blocks and pick up a few more things for us. Okay. It was a win-win. So be creative with with how you are approaching them and what mm. you're going to do to help. So eliminating plastic is one thing. The band kind of heat and hot, but when they saw we had pitchers <laughs> of water for them and, and it wasn't a big deal after all. Now it is their routine with mm. regards to vendors driving, having their team coming in in 30 different cars to set up your venue is unacceptable. Yeah. So I limit how many parking spaces they're allowed at my venues, at the venues that I work in. So the band, you get four parking spaces. And granted, I'm on top of mountains a lot. So there's not a lot of parking anyways. Yeah. But you have your your truck of all your equipment and then three more cars. So if it's a van and you're picking up all your band members mm-hmm. and, and driving them in, I just brought it down from 15 individual cars to yep. four. Limit their parking spaces. But a full on wonderful conversation with your caterer, for example, or your venue, if they're providing the meal, where's your products coming from? Can we get more local? Can Mm -hmm. we see what the the organic and vegan options are for our meal? Meat is the bigger contributor, obviously, Mm -hmm. for the carbon footprint. And kind of stepping away from meat and dairy kind of makes it a more fresh, and we know Coloradoans, they are healthy guys. They Everybody runs and jumps and participates in sports. And I love that they love the outdoors. And I don't get a lot of pushback in Colorado. Other places, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. No, it's just easier for us. We do it. Or I heard one designer say, I can't be bothered. We just throw everything away. And it took yeah. my breath away. Yeah. Like, no, don't say that. Yeah. But But when you work with your vendors, they are very... Energetic about making changes. And if you're going to start the conversation, they're going to work with you. I promise you they will.
1: Yeah. In that vein, Joanne, how do you encourage transparency with your vendors as to not work with vendors that are greenwashing or making things appear that they're environmentally friendly when they're not? Uh, Are there any tips for, especially as if someone that maybe isn't working with a wedding planner wants to be able to ask very pointed questions to vendors, how would you approach that?
2: Well, first of all, have that conversation with them, check their reviews. And if you can find other brides that reviewed them and ask for references from your your vendors and just say, did you find the food to be fresh? Did you know that it truly did come from farms and venues or locations around Colorado? Or where did it come from? Those kinds of things. It's the transportation of things that makes it unhealthy. It is, you know, the byproducts of sprays and insecticides Mm. and things that make it unhealthy. And you're lucky that you're in Colorado because they do care and and you have a better chance of things being honest and true is what they say. But I I agree. The greenwashing is a big problem and copying them out. And it's, it's tough, but do your homework, talk to other brides that have worked with them to say, I'd like a few references and, and chat with my brides. And they're, Bride to bride, they're honest. You guys are honest with each other, and I
1: love that. Well done, love it. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Was curious about your thoughts around the paper products surrounding the wedding invitation piece. Mm-hmm. Um, is doing a online only RSVP? Is that something that y'all yes. would recommend? I see from yes. a sustainability standpoint, it's like maybe postcard
0: sustainability and just ease, like it's 100% the best way. But I'll, Joanne, please go ahead.
2: Well, (laughs) it depends on who you're speaking with. If you are talking to an etiquette expert, they still want you to do everything paper. I, I don't, believe that is necessary in this day and age. If you've done the formal invitation and I have brides who have parents and grandparents that insist on the formal invitation and they're still doing the evites, the ERSVPs. And I applaud that. They can pick out their menu, it's so simple for you, and you know who to reach out to who hasn't responded. The um, mailing back the RSVPs, think about it, where are they going, how are they getting there? And then you're still calling half of them because they don't bother to drop them
0: in the mail or USPS is is horrible, and they never get there. (laughs) And
2: it's a hefty expense, those stamps.
0: And you're
2: right, they don't ever get there. It's been (laughs) a challenge for all of us. Uh, But I do recommend uh, e-RSVPs, e-invitations, and know that you might have to print a few, and that's a little mm. hard for the parents and grandparents be respectful of their customs and stuff. But there has been that I'm seeing, and you probably have as well, Fallon, a big shift in going eco and sustainable with the paper products, invitations, menus, place cards, everything, being creative with the place cards. We did, here's an example. We did RSVP cards and the parents insisted that they be mailed back. So the couple gave in and they mailed them back. But we used those envelopes that they came back in, cut them down. I wish I had a picture of it I'd show you because I can see you here. Um, and we cut down where the stamp was and the impression of the where they came from, where they were stamped, what post office they came from. And then we wrote on those, we cut them down into little tabs and we wrote Mr. and Mrs. and what table number they were at. And put those on, we were up in a Beano's cabin, if you're familiar, up on Beaver Creek. And we put those on the big log pile outside the front door. So we reuse that paper in another form. And felt we were doing a little bit more than just throwing the whole thing away. So we were a little more sustainable. And that directed them to their tables. So um, think outside of the box of how, if they come back, what can you use them for? Yes, there were a few that they didn't bother to mail back, but we improvised (laughs) and came up with a fake stamp and a fake everything and made it work. But yeah, reusing as much as you can. Yeah is is the way to go and and you don't want to offend anyone i mean your parents yes. are, if they're helping you and your grandparents you do not want to offend
0: yeah i think most of the time what we're doing is sending electronic everything to pretty much your major players and then no one really knows that there were some paper invites that went out unless they're immediate family so we generally print maybe five to ten good invitations and I get one of those. That way I can use it for the photography. And it, it tells the story if we're publishing the wedding. But you kind of really only need one um, to tell the story if you're trying to use it for pictures. So choose your adventure. But electronic, I'm always so pro. Because um, that way you can really try to maximize those responses and get those answers so quickly. Sometimes. If they actually but, look yeah, at
1: everyone, it. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, if you can get their <laughs> email and phone number. You, they're impossible to not reach. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a, a lot of these websites now have it so that you can send text updates, and it really is a great way to communicate like transportation needs and updates, and you can just make quick fixes really quickly. But I lo- I I started my career in stationery. I love paper. If we could, I would do you know triple emboss this, that, and the third. But I think we're definitely moving into the quicker, leaner way of of communicating with everyone. So. Aubrey, any more questions? I don't think so. I think you're on your way to success.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Thanks for setting <laughs> me up for success. This was so incredibly yeah. helpful.
0: Joanne, these tips were phenomenal. I'm very excited. I'm going to be running Teslas now all the time for my team. <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> that's great. They're great. <laughs> all right. So that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Joanne, where can people follow you?
2: I'm on Instagram at at, uh, j.m.weddings. I'm also um, on the internet, joannemoreweddings.com. And uh, follow my blogs on my website. I do write frequently about eco and sustainable weddings and oh. i'm also traveling and teaching quite a bit so look for me soon i just got back from mexico where they absolutely embrace the green events and the government mm-hmm. even helps so it's wonderful to spread the word and i applaud you miss aubrey you are amazing bride that's that's taken a bit of the heavy lift in in making your wedding sustainable and i applaud all of the couples out there that are doing this for their wedding, because they do make a difference. If I can add one thing, think about in 2022, there were 2.5 million weddings in this country. And on average, we produce four to 600 pounds of trash and 60 tons of CO2 emissions per event. Mm. If you just take 10 things, if every wedding did 10 changes to be more sustainable in their wedding. Can you imagine what a great industry we would become Mm. leaders in this country for making the steps to change an entire industry? So I applaud you, Fallon, for having the courage to stand up and say, we're doing this. And and you, Aubrey, for saying, I want this for my wedding. It's important to me.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Joanne.
1: Love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Aubrey, where can people find you?
1: I am on Instagram at naturally.aubrey. That's A-U-B-R-E-Y.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, follow the show at Brides on Instagram, and you can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and till death do us part. Betches.